So the Lord gave this message to me, and it is not only for the one that needs to be saved, but I'm preaching this morning to those who have found the secret, and that is that God is the blesser and we are the blessed. I, I can't thank the Lord enough for the day that he saved me. I can't thank the Lord enough for the night that he filled me with the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I can't thank him enough for the day that he delivered me from uh, smoking uh, cigarettes. I'm telling you, when I got delivered, I didn't even, it didn't bother me to eat a Big Mac the next day. I thank the Lord for blessing me with a good wife who has given us a good family. I thank the Lord. I can't thank him enough for the blessing of Northside Assembly of God Church. I can't thank the Lord enough for all of his blessings on a daily basis that he gives to us. I can lay my head down at night and go to peacefully sleep. I wake up refreshed. That is because of the Lord. I love the fact that I'm able to get up and do things and I give him all the praise for that. At 71, it's just good to be anywhere at any time. <laughs> Sister Margaret asked me the other day, she said, when we retire, what are you going to do the next day? I said, I'm sleeping in. <laughs> Amen. Some of you are here today and you don't know Northside Assembly of God. Well, I've got news for you that is a good news, and that is this. Northside is probably close to a perfect church. May I say that again? Northside is close as you can find to a perfect church until the senior pastor shows up. <laughs> but you're here for a reason. Amen. You're here not for a social club. You're not here to find a husband or a wife. Amen. Although it's a better place to look for one. You're not here just to spin your wheels and, and have something to do on Sunday morning. And God forbid that you're here because you have to be here. May you come once and then want to come again. May you come two times and want to come again. I tell you, our rule around here is you come three times and we claim you as ours. Turn to somebody and say, boy, he's got a good idea. I look out upon the congregation and the Lord reminds me that the folks don't have to be here. I never did like those churches that passed around a, uh, a clipboard that make you sign in that you was here. I don't like that. I'm not a jealous pastor. I'm telling you, if you're not here, you're not here. If you can't be here, you can't be here. If you leave early, you leave early. You know, I mean, everybody's got their own life going on. But while you're here at Northside, I don't know how long you'll get to stay. But as long as you're here at Northside, soak in the presence of God like a sponge. Get all you could get to get close to the Lord. And so when I worked on this message this week, here's the deal. God gave this to me to tell you and give you some information about Jeremiah 29, 11, because we use it a lot, that God is for you. Many of you are here this morning. I'm going to tell it just like it is. Many of you are here this morning, and you're not for God. You're for yourself. You're for this over here. You're for that over there. But God is still for you. God doesn't appreciate or condone the sin in our lives, but he loves you. God doesn't turn and, uh, in fact, the Bible says that in days old, he, you know, God didn't wink at it. But in today, today, as you have the word of God, he, I'm telling you, you're going to have to give an account. But the message this morning is, let God bless you. In so many good ways. I'll just cut to the very last slide. And that is this. The best way you can be blessed. Is to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Say that with me. Expected end. Let's pray. Lord it is so good that we are here in your presence this Lord's day. We thank you Lord for your plans for each and every one of us. Thank you for... Oh, you have an expected end for each one of us. And you are also with us each and every step of the journey. We ask for your anointing this morning, your continued presence this morning, and your power to change lives. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So here's the thought this morning.
Junk, jewels are just Jesus. Junk, jewels are just Jesus. Our text, God is speaking directly to the nation that is in exile. They have been captive. They are in a place that is a bad place. The Babylonians have, have conquered them and they have herded them together. And they don't know whether they're ever going to be able to be set free. They don't know whether or not anything is going to happen to them that can be good. And the weeping prophet Jeremiah, he stands to the nation and he says, I got a good word for you. God is still for you even in your captivity. Now we take the fact that God says that I'm for you and we go, hallelujah, whoopee, woo, wow, praise God. God, you're for me. You're going to bless me. You're going to bless. You know what? That's okay. But where God wants to shine in your life is to make the junk in your life become jewels. Oh, praise God. And I'll tell you, there's way too much junk in our world today. And I'm not talking about Twinkies. I'm kind of getting in on Pastor Nathan's territory here. You know, there's just too much junk out there. Hey, man, leave it alone. Drink water. I'm telling you, there is a fight that's going on. I, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to worship the Lord and I see the red and blue lights behind me and I'm going, Lord, are they going to stop me? Do I need to keep running? Do I need to? I got news for you. The things that are happening in our world today with the police officers, I could fix it real quick. May the state legislators pass a law that says if you run from the police and you get and, and we find and they find the car, you lose your car. That young man that was so mistreated in Memphis, Tennessee, you know what? All they had to do was just confiscate his car. They knew who he was. They knew the they oh get get off that pastor. You know, the problem is, is that sin does not cost us in the manner in which that sin will cost us in the end. You see, the bloodhound of heaven is after you with red lights and blue lights. And the car's got a souped up Corvette engine in it. Somebody receive this. The Holy Spirit of God is after you to get rid of your junk and to make a jewel out of you. Oh, it's all right. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Many of you need to move from being dope dealers to hope dealers. There's too many of you in this audience today that have been selling drugs. There's too many of you here that are taking drugs. There's too many. If you leave, please back out so it looks like you're coming instead of going. Hallelujah. There's one thing about Northside Assembly of God. Well, there's a lot of things about Northside Assembly of God. But we're not stupid and we didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. Now, does that mean that we don't love you? Absolutely, we love you. Does that mean that we don't welcome you? We do welcome you. We're glad that you're. The, this is the first service you've been in since you've been out of prison. We love to minister. To the felons. Oh, it's getting quiet in here, Brother Ed. <laughs> Pastor didn't fall off the term truck yesterday. But I want you to know that I'm glad you're here. Because you see, this is not a social club. And this is not a, a, a way to say, hey, I know this person. I know that person. To try to get ahead in life. What you're here today for is to have an audience with Jesus. That's why that it's so important that the altars have been opened. And that you came to an old-fashioned altar to spend even just a few moments in the presence of the Lord. Because the altar is the only place that will alter your life. Some of you don't know what you're going to do with paying your alimony. Some of you don't know what you're going to do with uh, what you're going to do with the kids. Some of you don't know what you're going to do on how you're going to pay your rent this week or this month. Well, I'll tell you how you do it. You quit smoking, quit drinking, quit running around. Get under the spigot where the glory comes out. Ooh, Glory. Man, I'm in trouble because I've got a long message this morning. Let's get back to it. Jeremiah, he comes on the scene and he says, you know what? He says, the situation doesn't look very good for the nation. 
You guys are in exile. You're under a heavy thumb of rule. But I got news for you that God has not abandoned you. Amen. He's not taking you out of the prison to just leave you. He's for you. He's with you. And he wants to bless you. But you got to let him bless you. Not on your terms, but on his terms. So the second slide says, yeah, good. God doesn't make junk, period. Let me read you the definition of junk. Junk equates to of no value. In a broken state. Non-working. Worthy of being tossed into the scrap pile. Oh, today there's a lot of money in scrap. I was so mad the morning that I went over to a little lot that I had a couple commercial trucks sitting on and I fired it up and it sounded like it was the second coming of of the enemy. I said, what in the world is wrong? I looked under there and somebody had cut my catalytic converter off. Shame on that person. I'd have given you $50 for it. That's probably what you got at the scrap yard. Sean was biting nails one morning, and I said, Brother Sean, what's going on? He said, somebody sold two $600, what do you call them? Catalytic converters. I came into church one day. I came into church one day, and I started up the church van, and it was the same way. And I, I just said, Lord, what are we going to do? And the Lord said, put it in the garage. I go down to the muffler shop. He said, oh, those are expensive. They got more than one on it. I took it back to the board and they said, well, we got no choice. Let's fix it. Where in the world did I come up with catalytic converters in this message? I don't know. <laughs> scrap. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, scrap. Junk. You see, on the underline of who you are, God created you. He put that brain mind in us it's above our pay grade on a lot of things but God saw value in you just like a catalytic converter when it does its job it's supposed to do its job but if it's gone it returns into junk come on somebody get this there's a value that's underlying in each and every one of you why because of God creating you, knowing you in your mother's womb. And you know what? The devil has come along and he has stolen that from you. He's taken it from you. Too many young ladies, their, their innocence is stolen by somebody who comes in with, with good looking blue jeans on. And got smooth talk and everything. You need to take a look at the behind because it's probably got a big old tail hanging out there somewhere. Tell you I love you and go give you all kinds of stuff like that, you know. Give you a two dollar uh, flower from the come and, go, come and go, and all of a sudden you think that he's the best thing since peanut butter and sliced bread, only to find out that he is a piece of junk. Let me tell you, let me tell you on that, Sister Ann. Let me tell you on that. When the WMs, the ladies' ministries, or the secret sisters, begin to pray for somebody to come along and be a good spouse, listen, they don't pray for junk. They pray for a jewel. Oh, boy, he put an ad in the paper looking for a wife. He said, please send, yeah, he put, a, put a ad in the paper for his wife, for a wife. He said, please send a picture of your bass boat and your four-wheel drive truck, and I'll consider it. <laughs> but when the WMs, when the, when the spirit-filled ladies of the church, uh, don't, ask, don't go and ask one of these uh, spirit-filled mature Christian ladies to pray for you for a spouse, whether it be a woman or a man. Because when they get down to business, amen, they will pray some in and they'll pray some out. Amen. 
But the book of Isaiah chapter 61 says, I want to bring you some good news. I'm here for those that are broken hearted. I'm here for those that are broken. I'm here to set the captive free, to pull them out of the prison that they're in. I'm not talking about Jefferson City. One of the best things that ever happened to me as a teenage boy. My pastor took a bunch of us teenage boys up and they give us a tour of uh, Jefferson City Prison. And I will tell you what, that's back before they had the new one. We've been in the new one and we've been in the old one. And I'll tell you what, the new one's better than the old one. But those two put together doesn't even come close to having a place, a seat in the church on Sunday morning. He brings good news to you. He's here for the broken, the broken heart, to set the captives free, to open the prison, and to comfort those who mourn. You are special. Somebody turn to somebody and say, well, you're borderline. I don't see much in you, but God sees a whole lot in you. Because you see, man looks on the outward. Oh, come on, preach with me this morning. There's a good spirit here today. Man looks on the outward. We, you know, I'll tell you what, most of us will scare somebody that don't know us. I'm serious. I'm going to have to move this thing. We're a pretty scary looking bunch. Somebody say, hey, Pastor, that's the way we like it. Yeah. Because you see, the Lord wants to use this church to get you out of the junk pile and get you into the jewel pile. He wants to make something good of your life. And you see, but pastor, I don't have anything to offer to him. You know what? None of us have anything to offer to him. But what we can do is we can say, Lord, give me a chance. Amen. Here's my heart. I surrender. I open every door of my life. And Lord, will you minister to me? And then when we walk out of the church, don't pick it back up. God gives you the essentials. He gives you a mind to think. He gives you a heart to feel. He gives you a spirit to love. And he gives you a body to live in. Philippians 4 says in verse 4, uh, 4 verse 4 says, He gives us praise. 6, prayer. 7, He gives us peace. Uh, 8 says, prove me now. Uh, and then in 13, He'll give you power. Praise God. I sure hope somebody's getting something out of this. Your mind controls your actions. God has this purposefully put the way that He's got it put. I had... A doctor explained it to me this way. He said, the people who have problems with uh, chemicals in their bodies, he says, the brain is like a sophisticated train rail system. And the train is going on this rail system and it's making good progress. It feeds, uh, the eyes feed it and the motions feed it. And, and you think and you, pro and you look at something and you go, you know what, if I stick my finger in that socket, I'm going to get shocked. I don't think I'll do that. Okay. But he says what happens is, it's when somebody begins to put chemicals in their body, it goes to their brain, and the train jumps track. It just gets a big, makes a big mess. Uh, you know how I know that is? It's because of the first thing that happens whenever you get to a certain point, being so full of chemicals in your body, you think everybody's after you. People crawl up on the roof of their house and waited it all night long. They're roof climbers. And there's others that go under the house. They dig a hole and get under the house. I didn't fall off the turnip, turnip truck yesterday. Do what? Well, I would hope you wouldn't. Begin to have fear that just... This, you know, and become so paranoid that they think that everybody, you know, I love it when I get to talk to somebody that, that's like that, that's paranoid, I feed their paranoia. <laughs> I know that the van's been sitting over there all these months, and I know the guy that gets in and goes to work, he's a plumber, but when they come in here, I say, oh, you better be careful. The whole police is after you right over there, they in that van. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I am. No, no. Are you, is that, did that really happen or are you just preaching, Daddy? No, that's what happens. 
people get so paranoid, they can't even function. You know, one of the first things that the young ladies tell me whenever I talk to them after they've been in the program that we have with Sister Ann and all the other ladies for about three months, they say, Pastor, my mind is starting to unfog. My mind is starting to come back. My mind is beginning to, to be able to function like it should. Well, it's a good thing that it is because you know what? Chlorex, battery acid. Once you get that, yeah, whatever, get, you get that out of your system, you begin to function properly. Do you still love me? So in the, in the book of Philippians, uh, Paul says, he says this. He says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. He says, verse f- number seven, he says, don't worry about your reputation. Oh, we are so worried about our reputation. You are establishing your legacy every day that you live. People will judge you on your actions or your non-actions. You heard about the brother who his brother died and he was the meanest guy in the whole city. And he said, there's $500 in it if you will say that my brother was a saint. Come the funeral night day and he got up there and he says, well, you all know that old Mr. So-and-so down here was a snake. He was mean. He, was, he wasn't a good businessman. He cheated everybody. He was, a, he was just a scoundrel. But, a court, but compared to his brother over here, he's a saint. The guy probably paid it in pennies. I think pennies are worth more than a penny right now. Don't worry about your reputation. If Jesus didn't worry about his reputation, being the Son of God at the right hand of the Father, but took upon himself the form of a man and came to this earth and was so mistreated, then you quit worrying about your reputation. Verse 7, be a servant. Talking about your mind. Verse 8, be humble. Verse 8 again, be obedient. And I like this one here. The last one was, and don't be a complainer. Who wants to be around a, a whining, upset person? Well, we're going to be here until about 1 o'clock, so you might as well just buckle in. Ooh. I heard a couple gas there. No, no, I promise you don't do that. I was in the dollar twenty-five cent store this day, this week. <laughs> I got a few little things that I needed for a dollar twenty-five cents. And there was an older lady that was in line in front of me, and she was blowing a head gasket. She was so mad that she said, "I will. I'm going to tell them up there that I'm never coming back to this store again." She wasn't in no mood to go through the self-checkout. And I was pretty aggressive. I put my hand on her shoulder and I patted her. I said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. She looked at me. I said, you know, I didn't like the $1.25 items, but it's better than $2.50. I said, I'd much rather have the $1.25 store here that I can come to as for it to shut down and not be here. I'll learn how to do the self-checkout, and I might even like it. And I said, you don't have very many items here. I said, I said you know, you came here with a purpose, and I, I know you're glad that they're here. She said, oh, yeah, I'm having a birthday party for one of my three grandkids that I'm raising. We got to laughing. I said, look at that self-checkout. Isn't that amazing? I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, I said, you know, I said, there's one thing about it, though. I said, no robber can come here and hold it up. <laughs> I said, we know. I said, all you got to do is just open your eyes. I said, robots are going to replace workers. How are you, you going to like that? You go through McDonald's and a robot serves you a hamburger. You think that I'm not serious about this? Read up on it. Don't get me started about China. (laughs) 
That's where they make the robots. Does anybody here get anything out of this? You want me to keep going? Okay. So when she left, she turned around. She said, sir, with a smile, sir, you have a good day. I said, hon, if we don't have a good day, it's our own fault. And she said, well, you're, you're right. You're right. So when, I, when she walked out the door, the lady behind me, she said, wow, you handled that really well. I said, I know. I've been there on many days. I've been grouchy, too. Somebody asked Sister Susan one day how, how, if I was grouchy or not. She said, oh, no, I let him sleep in. Let's move to your heart real quick. What about your heart? Your heart. Man's heart is deceitful and wicked above all, according to the Scripture. If it, if it was not for the love of God and the conversion of the Spirit of God inside of us, drawing us to salvation, we would all be wicked and mean. You know how I can tell if a person is saved or not? I can tell by their actions. I can tell what they, they enjoy doing and what they don't enjoy doing. I can, I can tell by just talking with them for a few moments. I, I can tell whether their heart is right or whether their heart is messed up. But God says he'll take a stony heart, which is a heart of junk, and he'll take it in and put in a brand new heart of flesh. Junk doesn't feel. In fact, in fact I, I, I love sitting out in the backyard on a summer's night and listen to the stuff I have in my backyard slowly rust. That is music to my ears. Just, just listen to it rust. But God says, you know what? He'll take that junk in your life. And he'll make something good of your life. He'll put some, something that's precious and something that's valuable in your life. And it starts with the heart. And the Bible says in 2 Peter, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But he is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't say whether or not if you've been in prison that you don't count. If you don't have a job, you don't count. If you don't have a little beagle puppy and a white picket fence and a house paid for, you don't count. He said all. He came for us all. And he does not want any of us to perish. So those who perish, they perish of their own Venetian, their own desire, their own will, because the Holy Spirit today is going to work as diligently as the Holy Spirit can on your life to say, boy, today would be a good day for you to trade in that old stony heart and get a heart of flesh. Yeah, but what are my friends going to say? I go from being a macho, strong man to be a, to be a whatever, a, a Bible thumper. Well, let me tell you what. Any old fish can float downstream, but it takes a fish that's alive, got some spunk to it, to be able to swim upstream. You know what? You've just been floating with the gold, just whatever goes. You know, if, if you go into some place and there's a, you go into a house and, and they're passing around the reefer, <laughs> stick it in there and just take a hit. Amen. Order a pizza. Some of you say, reefer, what's a reefer? That's a big thing on the front of a big old trailer that's hauling frozen meat. Mary Jane. What else is the name for it? Weed. Huh? What is it? What? Oh, dope. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that covers everything. That covers prescription drugs. That covers... Uh, You just float along. Just go along with the flow. I had a young lady that was here a couple weeks ago. And she said, Pastor, she said, I've been clean for so many, many days and the months. And I said, oh, thank God you're doing good. Don't, don't let your guard down. She said, oh, listen. She said, an old friend come walking across the parking lot and saw me and said, oh, I got one. She said, no, thank you. I don't think I want one. I don't think that I'm helping anybody. It feels like I'm just preaching and just going right out there and falling right there. You is what you is and what you put in your body, that's who you are. 
probably getting ahead of myself here, but you put junk in, you're going to get junk out. You put hate in, you're going to get hate out. You put in, how can I get over on my brother? You're going to have a problem. God has given us the essentials. We think, we feel, we love, and we live. We live, amen. What more do we need? Let's look at your body. Your body is the temple of God. When God created you, they'll be back there. They'll be back there in a minute. When God created you, He created you with being a temple of God in His mind. You know, if the Lord showed up at your house, or if the Lord showed up at my house, and the door would be knocked on, you open the door, and there the Lord is standing there with a great old big 16 ounce of beer. Two or three cigars stuck in his pocket. And a big old joint, I mean the size of a size of a telephone pole stuck in his mouth. You think I want to serve that kind of a person? You think I want to serve that kind of person? And you know what? You know what? The devil doesn't like what I'm preaching this morning, but you know what? If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. I'd lock that box and I'd throw away the key for all the dirty things he's played on me. Let me tell you what, the devil's not for you. The devil's out to kill you. If the devil could take you out of this service today and get you run over by a bus going down the road, he'd be happy. Your pastor this morning is trying to give you some life. To say, you know what, there's a better way of living life. There's a better way of living life. That way is the way of the Lord. Listen, I know what I'm talking about because I've been on both sides of the fence. And many of you are straddling the fence today. And you're going to get a spiritual splinter if you don't get on one side or the other. It's like you've got one foot in a canoe and you've got another foot in another canoe. You're in a heap of trouble, boy. You can't come in. You can't come in on Sunday morning and play church. And then go out on Monday and live like the devil. Even better than that, not only live like the devil, but live for the devil. I love the fact that you're so, you know, you're so encouraging. Preach it, Pastor. Jumps up and preach. Well, what would happen if the whole church would jump up and say, you're preaching good, Pastor. Keep on preaching. Your body is the temple of God. What goes in it will come out. Amen. If all you live on is pizza, you're going to get a little bit chunky. Now, if you're a little chunky today, that's all right. Don't blame it on pizza. If you don't eat anything, you'll get skinny. Like Sister Susan said, you know, just because it's your, uh, you know, you, you've got a good body mass doesn't mean you're healthy. Oh, Jesus, I lost half of them right there. I'm sorry. You put trash in, you're going to trash out. You put praise in, you're going to get worship out. Now let me ask you a question. If you've got one person over here and the word comes to the boss that you're talking bad about the boss, you're working against the boss, and you've got a guy over here that praises the boss, that has good things to say about the boss, when it comes time for a promotion, who are you going to give the promotion to? Who's going to who are you going to keep on and who are you going to fire? I'm trying to give an analogy here. When you come to the Lord, if you're not for the Lord and you're working against the Lord, why would He be obligated to give you all the blessings of the storehouse of heaven whenever He will reserve it to give it to somebody that loves Him? I'm trying to get some help here, Lord. You have love in, you'll transform lives in living out. Listen, I'll tell you, that, that old gal that was in the line to check out, and she, I mean, she was mad. She was mean-spirited. And just a kind word and a little instruction and a little letting her know that it's going to be all right, she left that place with a smile on her face. Why? That's a good question we'll ask the psychologist. 
If I'd have went over there and I'd have said, oh, honey, I'll, before you understand what you're saying, I don't know, I may not ever come back to this place again. And you know what, they just, it's a terrible place and they've raised the prices too much and on and on and on. We both would have had a pity party. We both would have got mad and we'd have both stomped out upset. Oh, praise God. Lord, help me. Appreciate you staying up with me, Don. You see, God reminds us that He knows who we are. And God reminds us that He doesn't make any junk. The devil will climb on your shoulder and he'll get into your heart and he'll say, you've got no value. You're, you're just broken. You're, you're ready to be thrown away or whatever. And the Lord said, hold on here. No, 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 no. I'm the potter. You're the clay. Get on the potter's wheel and let me make you. God reminds us he knows us. The good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly. Turn to somebody and say, where do you fit in there? I got up the other day, the other morning, I was, I was upset. I, I wasn't in a good mood. It took me all day long to get over my bad mood over something so stupid. I never get upset and stay upset, but the other morning I was. I went to see a fellow that, that day and I was upset and I got out of the truck and he met me and he said, my goal today is to make you leave here happy. Flip the page on me. He became the encourager and I became the encouraged. And I sat in my truck and I said, you dummy, why are you letting the enemy steal your joy? You see, just because that you're a pastor doesn't mean that you don't have the same struggles that everybody else has. The only difference is I've been struggling with it for 31 years and I get stronger every day. And when I have a bad day, I get a shampoo and a blow dry. If I have a bad hair day, I fix my hair. If that don't work, I put on a ball cap. Man, I got to be helping somebody, Lord. God cares about you. He cares about you and your weakness. And don't pull a Flip Wilson on him either. The devil made me do it. We already know that. Just don't give him credit. He cares about you and your weakness. He cares about you and your strengths. You know what? Sometimes your strengths can override the good things of God. You could say, I did it my way. I'm a Frank Sinatra kind of guy. I did it my way. I built my empire. I think my Bible says that the guy that he was doing so well that he said, I think I'm going to tear down my barn and build me a bigger one. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, you know what? Enjoy it for a day because your day's numbered. You're going to die. God has a way of waking us up. I won't tell you who it was, but there was a businessman in this town. He would come over and sit in my office when he'd come to see his parents. Live across the street. And he'd brag to me about how well his business was doing. He would brag to me about, about how much money he had. He would brag to me about, about how many buildings he had. He would brag to me about the next uh, commercial endeavor that he was working on and how it was going to be great. He bragged to me about all of the celebrities in Branson that knew him. He died. Didn't get to enjoy it. Going to bury him today at the Gilmore's Theater. Was he a good man? Yes, he's a good man. Was he kind to me? Yes, he was kind to me. Did he love the Lord? Well, I think when he gets to heaven, there'll be a little bit more paperwork to fill out, but I believe he's there. He loves us in our strengths. Am I helping anybody? You know what? I've got an MA degree. 
And I went on and got my PhD degree. That doesn't mean nothing. Born again. My MA degree is I am mightily anointed. I got a PhD. I praise him daily. When you stand before the Lord, he's not going to say, bring your college what kind of grades you made. I always told them when I was in the presbytery, I'd tell them, I'd say, be good to the A students because they're going to come back and they're going to make you a great professor in your university. But you better be really good to the C student because they'll come back and build you a million dollar science building. I think I just need to pray and send you all home. He loves us. He knows us in our shortcomings. He knows what he can put you through. He knows what you can stand. But he also knows you in your victories. He sees how close you are to stepping out of junk and into the glorious realm of him making a jewel out of you. His plans are already in the making. He's got high hopes for you. That's why you're here today. That's why that you, you uh, are moving in the direction you're moving in. You want to be uh, a, a better person. You want to be able to be a, a, a good citizen in our country. You want to have your record expunged. You want to have a good job. You want to have a good family. You want your children back. You want all the things that everybody else wants. And God's plan is already in the making for you. You may not know it. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But it's there. If you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley, God is there. And he's promised he'll never leave you or forsake you. Through Christ, we can be more than survivors. We can be thrivers. From the cradle to the grave, God will not abandon you. Some of you have no idea how close you came to losing your life in a certain circumstance. But God intervened for you because he had a plan for you down the road. I was in junior high, and my two older brothers, they were taking me to school one morning, and the car they were driving was a 1956 uh, two-door Ford Fairlane. I wish we had it today. I'd spit shine it and send it to Barry Jackson. Oh, come on. And one day, my brother, he was driving me to school, and we lived in Republic, and he you know, he did something that he shouldn't have done. He made a, a little bit like this in the ice on the windshield so he could see out. I'm in the back seat. We went through an intersection. All of a sudden, that Ford uh, Fairlane, uh, white over red, it began to rock like this. I said, whoo, what was that? And my other brother sitting in the front said, it was a semi-truck. Missed us by just inches. And I've often thought about that that day, and I said, you know what? If there's anything in my life that makes me not want to give the devil any credit or want to serve the devil was the day you tried to take me out and tried to kill me. Because that's exactly what he was doing. He was trying to kill me. And if he had killed me, I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had Chris. We wouldn't have had Don. And we wouldn't have had Nathan. And we wouldn't have had Susan. I think the Lord knew. The day the doctor walked into my mother's hospital room and said, you better abort that boy because he's killing you. You've got too much toxemia in you. You can always have another child, but you better get rid of him. You better take his life uh, because if you don't, you might die. And she said, let's pray about it. Oh, don't think we're going to let it go its course and we're just going to trust God. Don't be afraid of the devil. I mean, if he'd have won and the day of COVID, listen, the day of COVID in here, and I came in and it would either be uh, Don or it'd be uh, Ed and Karen or uh, who else came in and helped us? I know somebody else did, but they would come in and they would live feed me a message during COVID. The whole place was shut down and we'd do it right out here or in the conference room. And we were, you know, in a place to where that it was kind of a, a bad way and we would refused to take the government money. Boy, do we ever get educated quick. And I came in here one day and I said, Lord, there's no offerings, there's no people, but there's still bills. If you want to close it down, 
We'll put a sign out there, no more Northside. We'll give it to a church that's thriving, and, or we'll give it to the district, and they can sell it. But this is your work. Come on, don't get so quiet on me. I kind of felt like Moses that day when he told the Lord, he said, here you are, you brought us out, you delivered us in a powerful way, and you brought us out of the wilderness, and brought us out of Egypt, and you put us here in the wilderness, you know, uh, you know if, and, you're going, and you're threatening to kill us. What are we going to tell everybody? You're a good God. You bring us out here and kill us. And the Lord said, no, I'm not going to let that happen to you. Moses was so mad he smote the rock for the water when God told him not to do it. And it cost him entering into the promised land. It took Joshua to take the people in. And the Lord spoke to my heart that day. And said, start a daycare. There's been days. That Sister Karen with Sister Randy would have loved to got me by my throat and choked the living life out of me. What have you done to us? <laughs> you come tonight, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear what's going on. But God. God stepped up and did what God does best. He takes care of his church. He he, he, the Bible says that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He steps up, amen, and he began to bless us, amen. The, the first month after that, we got a commitment from a, a, a young lady in the church that was going to give us enough money, amen, to build the daycare. We look back on it now. If the Lord hadn't used her to do that, we would not be where we're at today. Well, let's get out of the junk and get into the jewels. Somebody tell me what time it is. Already 12.30? Well, I'm going to hear about that this afternoon. You know, you know what? When the pastor takes his iPhone and he, and he sets it out on the pulpit, you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. I will put it in high gear and try to get on through this here pretty quick because we sure don't want your, your lunch to burn. You see, I was asking my mother one time. I was doing a paper. Now, if you've got, if you got appointments, if you need to go, we understand that. You are free to, to, to don't, and don't be um, ashamed or, or guilty. If you've got things to do, you know, you go ahead and leave. Uh, the Bible says that if there's two or three together, we'll go ahead and preach. We know you got commitments. With that word of wisdom. If you had, I asked my mother about the, the, I was writing a paper on glossolalia, which is speaking in other tongues. And here's, how she, here's what she said to me. She said, listen, the more valuable, whatever it is that you have that's more valuable, you will protect it more. If you got $1,000 in $100 bills, Let's give time for the exodus. I'm going to get to the text. They're just going to bless you. It's going to really bless you. I've got to give you what God gave me. It's good stuff. It's good for me. Guys, bless you. Thanks for coming. Be back Sunday. She said, the more valuable the possession you have, the more you're going to protect it. If you've got $1,000 in $100 bills, you don't just throw it around and, and uh, leave it where people can see it and, and things of that nature. You put it under, you put it up, you, you hide it. Now you got to think like a thief. Where would a thief look if, if he come in and stole something in your house? You know, well, he'd look in the top drawer under the bed. And now they even look in the refrigerator freezer. If you've got a precious diamond, Okay, Lord, I'll hurry on. The more the value, the more protection. Listen to Malachi chapter 3, verse 17. And they shall be mine. Say, that's me. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them like a man spareth his own son that serves him. God is making something beautiful out of something so rough.
Diamonds are mined out of the deepest resources of the earth. They're under pressure. They look ugly when they come out. But when they're put under the fire and they're put under the, the, the grinding wheel, they turn out to be something beautiful. Something beautiful. The same with the pearl. The pearl gets a little piece of sand inside of it, in the clam, rather. They, they, they get something in the shell, you know, and that, that little piece of uh, sand just, just bugs them to no end. It just irritates them. But over a period of time, it turns into a beautiful pearl. Oh, there may be some weeping. It may endure through the night, but joy will come in the morning. I've been through this so long that I've got a big old string of pearls. Spiritual pearls. So let's get to the crux of this message and I promise you we're going to wrap it up. Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 6, all the way down through verse 14. You need to get this. If you don't get anything else out of this, get this. Jeremiah gives unto the people hope. And here's what he says. Just right down through the chapter 29. He says, first of all, he says, don't ever give up seeking after God and pray for your enemies. If you want to get victory, you pray for somebody that don't like you. Now, I'm not saying you've got to take them out for lunch. Just pray for them. And don't pray that God would heap coals of fire on them. That's his job. Don't pray that God will take them out early. No, that's his job. You pray for them in order to have a good heart towards them because just maybe, just maybe, you might be the one that wins them to the Lord. Seek God, pray for your enemies, verse 7. Verse 8 through 9. Be careful who you are listening to. Don't get around those exiles and say, we're never going to get out of here. We're going to die. Amen. We're going to go out here in the desert. We're going to dig our own grave. No, don't listen to the naysayers. Be careful who you listen to. Now, I'm preaching this morning in the context that maybe, just maybe, you are in a captivity and you don't even know it. Maybe you're in a spiritual captivity. Maybe you are one of those that you don't know what to do, who to turn to. Maybe you feel like that you're in bondage, you're in captivity. The Bible has given you instructions here on what you are to do. Seek God. Pray for your enemies. Boy, that's hard. That's hard. The Bible says if somebody comes up and they slap you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. And I sure am glad that the scripture doesn't say what you to do after that. Be careful who you listen to. You tune in to somebody that's not tuned in with God. They may rob you of your blessing. They may rob you of your spiritual maturity. They may rob you of even making heaven. And the Bible says, be careful what you do to the little ones. It's better to, to put and put a millstone around your neck and jump in the lake and die than defend one of my little ones. Deacon Board here said, you know what? Downstairs is off limits. If you've got a kid down there, you go down there and get them. But you're, everybody else is off limits. You have no reason to be down there. We lock it up for our children's safety. Plus, we don't want to lose a bunch of families. Look beyond today, verse number 10. I'm talking about Jeremiah, the one that says, I know the plans I have for you. It's all good. But then he gives instruction for us what we're to do while we're in captivity on a daily basis. Seek God. Pray for your enemies. Be careful for who you listen to. Look beyond today. There's a bright tomorrow that's coming. Number, the next one is have faith. Have faith. God is with you and for you. Verse 13 and 14 says, God can be found if you look for him. God can be found if you seek Him. God can be found if you call upon His name. And God will bring you out. The last one is just Jesus. Junk, jewels, or just Jesus. Jesus is more than enough. There's a miracle in the making for you.
Listen, you don't go from being unsaved to driving a new Cadillac unless you're making money illegally. But the miracle is this. You work hard. You put an honest day. You do your employer right. You're conscious about your job. You try to better yourself. May I go ahead and just say it? We're in Malachi chapter 3. Give to God what is God and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. You're going to be paying taxes. But you know what? Be glad you pay taxes. Because if you don't pay taxes, it means you don't make any money. Would you rather pay taxes on $1,000 or taxes on $10,000? Or no taxes on no dollars? Whew, I need an hour for this one. We believe in miracles because we believe in God. Oh, I want you to look up here. You're going to see the, the greatest miracle of all miracles is when God saved me. I had a Harley Davidson in my living room. I wasn't married to Susan at the time because she would have, boy, she would have had nothing to do with that leaky oil that automatically leaks on the chain. Praise God, Harley Davidson moved from a chain drive to a belt drive. I had friends or buddies that I thought was friends showed up just to see if it was true that I'd gotten saved. And when they left there, they were convinced that I'd gotten saved. And you know what? They never showed up again. Where'd they go? They just disappeared. Because they didn't want anything to do with me. I still have high school friends that says, man, we didn't think you'd ever be a pastor. But you know what? They call me when they got in, get in trouble. They call me whenever their spouse dies and they need somebody to preach their funeral. Why? Because God took the stony heart out and put a heart of flesh in. Oh, come on, church. What if I told you I know somebody that can bring the dead back to life? What if I told you that I know uh, someone that can take a blind man and touch him twice to let him see? How do you see, buddy? Oh, I see men's trees. Anybody here identify with that? We were on a missions trip down in, uh, in old Mexico, and we went down to uh, a... Uh, no, we were, in, we were in New Mexico. We went down. Ronnie's probably the only one that remembers this. But we went down into uh, the national park down there, and it was way up high, and there was, a, uh, there was a black item down there. And I said, oh, stop, stop. Look at that black bear down there. And the more I looked at that black bear, it didn't move. We pulled down there, and to my chagrin, it was a black trash can in the middle of God's paradise. Do you think those men let me live that down? Jesus healed a boy one time that couldn't see. He saw men as trees are probably black trash barrels as bears. And he touched him the second time. What if I told you that I knew someone that could take a little bit, just a little bit of fish and chips and feed over 5,000? And 12 baskets left over. What if I told you on and on about one who can raise the dead, touch leprosy? But what if I told you about the miracle of one who can forgive you of your sins and your past and make you a brand new creation in Christ Jesus? Where the old things are passed away and you become a brand new creation in God. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. The miracle is when God overrides his own laws, the law of gravity, and you walk on water. Whenever he restores someone's health, when he saves the lost and he raises the dead, miracles involve faith. Do not follow the example of Thomas. I believe when I see and I feel. Follow the Roman soldier's example and say, you know what? I'm a man of authority. All you have to do is speak the word and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus marveled and said, neither have I seen such great faith. If I had time today, I'd go through all the miracle 
categories that Jesus did over nature, over healing, over general, over spiritual, all kinds of things that the Lord did. Everything he did moved him one step closer for the Romans to crucify him because they couldn't handle it. Because he's getting ready to tear up their, their he's getting ready to tear up their, their religious system. How many know what goat means? Greatest of all time. There's a lot of stuff out there today. Who's the greatest quarterback? Who's the greatest entrepreneur? Who's the greatest inventor? Who's the greatest of this and that? You know what? They don't compare even to get past the G to Jesus and God. Because I'm going to tell you, I know one that can take your sins and forgive you. And he does it with a spoken word. Backed up by a place called Calvary. Well, God's got a plan, and you're in it. Brother Chris, would you come? God's got a plan, and you're in it. The beautiful thing is this. God doesn't force you to do anything. In fact, I want you to receive this word. God loves you so much. Now listen to me. And get it clear. God loves you so much, He will allow you to go straight to hell for eternity. But I read you a scripture that He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The way you stay out of hell is to repent and turn from your wickedness and your sin and sign up with God. When every one of us stand before God, whether it be this month, next year, 10 years, or until the Lord comes, you will give an account of hearing the gospel at Northside Assembly of God on the, on, on the last Sunday of the new year. Because Pastor Blackard has not sugarcoated it. We are all in the same boat. We all need Jesus. Nothing more and nothing less. When somebody says, how's your church doing, Pastor? When another minister friend of mine says, how's your church doing, Pastor? I'll say, well, that's news to me because I didn't know it was mine. Come on. My fingerprints are all over the new additions and all over everything around here, amen. And, and oh, praise God, it wasn't on the ladder this last week whenever I looked up there and there's my boy up there changing light bulbs to make it lighter in here. Those days are over for me. give an account and here's the thing that's important I got to give an account I have to give an account I remember the first, the Sunday and, and please forgive me for keeping you so long but it'll take that and make that steak just right in the crock pot you'll learn to cook out of a crock, crock pot whenever I'm preaching scheduled to preach but here's what you're going to learn going to learn that God is gracious and good to you. And God will give you more than one opportunity to come to Him. He'll, he just, he'll just speak to your heart. He doesn't argue. He doesn't cut a deal. He doesn't, he doesn't even dialogue with you. All he, does is, all he does is just keep tenderly speaking to your heart. If I have any credibility in the 31 years that I've been a senior pastor of this church, if I have any credibility at all, I will say this. The best decision I ever made was the day, the night that I accepted Jesus as the Lord of my life. Everything changed. Oh, it didn't change overnight. But if I could tell you as a last will and testament to you, I have proven the word of the Lord in my life. If I will make one step towards Him, He'll make two towards me. If I plant a small seed, He'll make it increase. If I pray for someone, we might not get the answer today, but we'll have the assurance even and the, and the wherewithal to say, I'll pray for you. I'll pray. 
Some of you are saying, Pastor, give an altar call. I'm not going to do it. Because the altar call has already been done in the pew. You've either said, I want to accept you, Jesus, or I don't. And here's the altar call today. You don't have to bring him a pile of coins or gold or sugar or lumber. All you got to do is just bring yourself to him. And out of respect, you take your hat off and you say, Lord, here I am. My name's Billy. And Lord, you know that my life has been a mess and it's still a mess, but I want to turn it around. I want to turn it around today. I can't do it on my own. There's no way I can do it on my own. I can't do it by following some man. I can't do it by following some religion. I can't do it by following some creed of the assemblies or the Baptists or the Nazarene. I can't do it, Lord. All I need is just you, Lord. And when God hears that voice crying from your heart, He hits the buzzer in heaven. And He'll send the resources that is needed to cover you. To surround you with angels from on high if necessary. He may break your heels like he did mine to separate me from some of my lifestyle that I was living in. And all of a sudden I began to have just people that came in and prayed for me and loved on me. Amen. Those that was taken from me were gone. And those that would love on me came. And God gave me a brand new family. He'll do the same for you. If I could tell you anything today, just give God a try. If your life is in a mess, and now if you want to keep living in that, you know, just go ahead and do it. Enjoy all the heaven you're going to get because that's all you're going to get down here. But if you truly want to make a change, you say, that's me, Lord. Change me from the inside out. For just Jesus is all I need. Then when you make that prayer, Make sure you tell somebody. Don't you leave here today without telling somebody. You seek out Brother Ed. You seek out Pastor Nathan. You seek out Brother Dennis. You seek out whoever you want to seek out. And you say, today I made a decision to accept it. Now I'm going to have a hard time. But if it's true what the pastor said, the Lord's going to come along and help me. And he'll do it. How many of you received the word of the Lord this morning? How many of you are going to leave here today? Knowing that God is for you, that he doesn't make any junk, that he's working on you to make you a jewel. He's going to bring you back. He's going to protect you like a son. Amen. And all we need is Jesus. Stand to your feet, amen, and give the Lord a good resounding love this morning. Praise him and love him and clap your hands, amen.